Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast. This is your usual co-host, Kevin Quigley, but I'm hosting today because Jared's off uh, with some other obligations for the Altoona Curve, so you're stuck with me this week. Kind of a kind of a slow week for Penn State. Um, we're right here, first week of May. We're about four months away from college football season starting off, so kind of in the middle of things. Summer ball should be starting up here soon, a couple weeks. Semesters are ending. Everyone's graduating. It's a great time of the year, um, but not necessarily for the athletics news cycle. But we did get a big piece of news. Penn State will be kicking off the 2023 campaign on Saturday, September 2nd at 7.30 p.m. on NBC. Penn State, the Big Ten, they got the contract done with NBC. It's been solo for Notre Dame for however many years. Um, this will be Penn State's first home or first season opener under the light since 2001. If you remember that game, that's the game Adam Talaferro made his triumphant return to Beaver Stadium after his tragic injury in 2000, running out of the tunnel. Um for reference as to how long ago that was, Michael Robinson and Robbie Gold were both freshmen on that team. Um, so pretty monumental. First time in 2020, in 22 years, uh, Penn State will be kicking off the season under the lights. And that is also Penn State's first season or uh, first game on NBC since 2006 when they played Notre Dame. So Notre Dame's had NBC locked down for however many years. And you have to think that the Big Ten getting in on the NBC deal really bodes well for maybe adding Notre Dame here in a few years. UCL, UCLA, USC, they're coming next year in 2024. Maybe they add Notre Dame. Maybe the Big Ten adds a couple more Big Ten or uh, Pac-12 teams to the Big Ten. We get a Big Ten West, Big Ten East that's even more divided than the current uh, Big Ten structure. And excuse me, we're just moving closer to a four, three or four big conferences here in D1 football. So, um, yeah, Penn State's going to kick off under the lights. They got the NBC deal, and there could be more things coming from that NBC thing. They just haven't, they just haven't come to fruition. Um, expect more probably in the next year or so for there. Um, the other big thing that came out this week, four or five days ago, came out on Friday, was the Board of Trustees officially approved $160 million in athletic facility upgrades. $70 million of that's going to go to Beaver Stadium. Uh, this is just phase one of the renovation for Beaver Stadium. Uh, anticipated costs for this is going to be about $700 million, which really sounds like a lot, but stadiums are only getting bigger and more elegant in the glitz and the glam of college football, of Big time athletics. I mean, it's college football is basically a professional sport at this point in time, especially with NIL. So uh, the first 70 million is going to go nothing in terms of real cosmetic upgrades. It's just a lot of making sure the stadium's winterized because 12 team playoffs come and there's going to be home games in round one. Pennsylvania, mid December, late December, the pipes need to be better. They can't be freezing. You can't not have bad water in the bathrooms and water in the press box and it's just not good so they're going to do upgrades to that upgrades to lighting penn state's did i learned this beaver stadium's lighting is not up to ncaa standards um so the first 70 million of that renovation will help bring the lighting up to ncaa standards and like jared and i have talked about you know you can get the light shows and 
I almost like the strobe light effect after scores and for entries, they could turn the lights off, turn it back on because they'd be LED and all the other cool things that you've seen big time programs do around the country that Beaver Stadium hasn't been able to do. Now they'll probably be able to do them. And just backlog maintenance is the last bit of the $70 million renovation. So I wouldn't expect too many things coming out of this first series of renovations. Um, it is just kind of a let's let's get Beaver Stadium up to a point where we can start taking it apart. Um, the rest of that $160 million, which would be $90 million, uh, I can do math. Um, the rest of that's going to go to turning the old ice arena into a health, nutrition, and dining area for all athletes for all athletes, for all of Penn State athletics. And I, I I can't stress that enough. Like football is great. Football makes a lot of money, but basketball, we talked about how much money is loses. And really what you need to build a successful program is you need these high dollar facilities, not necessarily just the BJC, but you need good dining. You need athletes need to be able to have a better workout facility, access to more, trainers for recovery stretching this is stuff that as college athletics gets bigger science advances like we know the emphasis on health and taking care of yourself and recovery into performing your best when the games happen so to invest 90 million dollars into upgrading that facility to better serve athletes both nutrition health and just general camaraderie like building cohesion and friendships amongst the teams you get one what if the football team shows up to a women's lacrosse game we'll get to that later or they show up to a women's soccer game or baseball or some of the lesser sports at penn state they show up to a track meet you just start building that brand and maybe football gets to keep more of its money because some of the other programs start making more monies themselves so could be good um both for a morale standpoint, but also for more money, less financing from the athletics department um, to update Beaver Stadium and the rest of the facilities. One important note, as it's already crossed your mind, it's probably probably already forgot it. None of this money will come from tuition, all from fundraising uh, or money profits from athletics. So it's not going to affect any uh, amount of schooling or the general uh, student population there. So, um, and then the rest of the renovations will probably kick off probably this summer. They're going to start um, the design phase and scoping out contractors and securing financing for all of that. Pre-construction will start June 2024. So they're really going to start finalizing the plan, getting a probably um, procuring materials, making sure everything's there because they're going to have a tight window. Football season runs from early September. If you have a spring game in April, I, I can imagine it's if Beaver Stadium is in deconstruction, they might not have a spring game for a year because the stadium's going to be under construction, or there's only going to be like three three stands um, because one side will be under construction. So that'll be interesting to see how that timeline unfolds um, because they are going to have to limit, they are going to have to work around a football schedule, and like Pat Kraft said, they want to use the stadium more than seven times a year. So. I don't. I can't imagine that the grass surface is going to go away, but maybe they're going to add some extra drainage um, stuff that helps. If you're into golf, you know some of the things that they can do on a golf course to help uh, keep a grass surface alive. So uh, for better use, or maybe they just start 
um, if they use it for more than seven days a week or seven days a year, maybe they have the extra money from a Luke Combs concert or something that they just put new turf down every year. I, I don't see this being financially viable, but could be cheaper than putting like a sub air system under the field. So we'll see how that goes. So that's going to start, um, I believe June, 2025 is when construction is going to start. I thought it was January, 2025. I could have written down wrong, but I would expect it to start as soon as the football season's over in 2025. Uh, and it'll go through August of 2027. So they're just going to do three, three off seasons of construction. Uh, the main goal is going to be rebuild the West side. You want better seating, higher premium seating, more chair backs. You're going to see that um, with them doing a total rebuild on the West side. You're probably going to see a more full stadium. Uh, you know how the corners are open at Beaver Stadium. So they're going to do what they can to preserve capacity. I don't know if we'll see 107,000. Maybe we drop down to 100, 103. Uh, I think it'd be, it would be a shame for them to lose the 107K family branding. Um, but you got to bring that stadium up. It's it's 60 years old. It's done a lot of good for the program, but it needs to do better. Um, and it'll still be on the same site. So it's still Beaver Stadium. It's just going to be Beaver Stadium uh, 1.5 at this point in time. Um, and then new suites and new broadcasting and media areas. Suites bring money. Suites brings boosters. They're going to have to do more. And they are also they're also going to upgrade the or renovate some of the east side suites, which they just built. So, um, yeah. And then for the rest of the stadium, just better circulation. So they're going to be that, that just means wider concourses, more bathrooms, more concession stands. They're going to bring more food options to the concession stands. So um, the general game day flow, I don't know what they're going to do about the ramp situation, getting down from the upper decks or the upper parts of the west and east sides or the upper decks of the north and south sides to getting down to ground level. But maybe they add more elevators, escalators, what have you. Um, just because if you've ever sat up on like the north of the south end zone and have to come down the ramps after a game or before a game. It takes like 15 minutes to walk up there. So, um, and it's not the most successful if you have somebody with mobility issues or just, I mean, what it was really cold outside people's, I don't know. So we'll see what that is. And then speaking of board of trustees, since they approved all of this, um, Jay Paterno was reelected uh, much to the dismay of Jared and I, um, I'm an alumni. I voted. Uh, he was not my first choice, uh, nor was he in my top three. So kind of, you only vote for three. So that tells you who I did. I did not vote for, um, uh, Anthony Lubrano. I think that guy's a loser. Yeah. Go ahead and look at his Twitter account. Um, when I took, I took a screenshot of his Twitter right after he got elected. And, uh, the first, the first tweet of his was, or the most recent tweet of his was talking about, uh, what do you think Joe Paterno's statue tastes like? Trust me, I know what it tastes like. I just want to think what you, I want you, I want to know what you guys think. Um, kind of a weird flex that he's licked a bronze statue and knows what it tastes like. Uh, should the statue come back? Yeah, probably so. But that's a debate for a different day. But I don't know if I'd be bragging about licking a bronze statue. And then uh, also, Lebrano hates James Franklin. Absolutely hates James Franklin. I I don't know why. It's probably because he's not. Joe Paterno, uh, this guy wishes Joe Paterno was was his dad. Which, yeah, probably be cool if Joe Paterno was my was my grandfather or my dad. But uh, I don't have that in my Twitter bio. Uh, anyways, so Lebrano says um, I'm plan to spend uh, the next three years uh, doing exactly what I've done for nine of the past eleven, 
refusing to shake the head football coach's hands. So uh, the last nine years would be James Franklin. So he was cool with Bill O'Brien, but not with James Franklin. So interesting to see that. Probably not what you want from your board of trustees, not being a fan of your head coach. So not a good look that he got elected. Uh, but good news is Allie Krieger. Uh, she was a Penn State soccer star from 2003 to 2006. 94 appearances, 11 goals. You would know her from Team USA if you're not a big uh, Penn State women's soccer follower, especially from uh, starting 20 years ago. Um, had 108 caps for the USA. And she was part of the 2015 and 2019 women's winning the 2015 and 2019 World Cups. She's appeared in a couple Olympics, um, CONCACAF Cups, the She Believes Cups, all the everything that the U.S. Women's National Team does. She appeared on it from 2008 to 2019. So pretty prolific career after Penn State, pretty prolific career at Penn, at Penn State. Um, and she's on the board of trustees. And I just think that's good for athletics. This is a Penn State Athletics podcast. We're going to be pro Allie Krieger. She understands what it is. And she's probably maybe part of the influence of where that 90 million goes and how to renovate the old hockey arena, just to bring it back to what we started with. So uh, we're going to take a break. I've been rambling for way too long. Uh, and we'll be back after this, this short break. You are listening to the Last You Got podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. podcast if you're just joining in the second segment kind of weird that you already uh automatically scrolled to segment two but welcome uh just me this week ryan solo kevin quigley uh normally your co-host but hosting this week a couple last things to wrap up just some uh penn staters around the world and to catch up on some springtime athletics we don't really focus a lot on springtime athletics they're not as big obviously but uh just to shed some light on some successes of programs elsewhere so Penn State is around the world. Uh, if you didn't see this earlier this week or late, I guess it might've been late last week. Um, Journey Brown has a new gig. He has found himself after football, which honestly, it's great. I I cannot imagine being in Journey Brown's footprints or in his, in his shoes, just Cotton Bowl star and then coming into the next year, trying to get better. He was He talked about how much he gained weight in the weight room, how much he approved his speed, his quickness, all the stuff that he was like, I am going to be in the NFL. Like I'm going to show I'm an NFL caliber running back. Um, COVID broke out in March of 2020 and got an EKG after that. And he was diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Uh, and that ended his football career. Um, we all know that his football career ended, but just, he talked about there was a feature. Uh, his new his new gig is with Trackhouse Racing. He's gonna be on a NASCAR pit crew, uh, and they did a about a three minute feature on Twitter about it. And um, it's just really great that I mean he he talks about like literally having his life. We we don't really appreciate how much college athletics like how advanced college athletics is. Like these guys are these guys and women are top one percent of their of their classes across the country or across the world that are making these D one athletes or making these D one scholarships. Um, and that's their life. I mean, they're 18 when they get to campus, they're 22 when they graduate, like this has been their life since probably they were four or five years old and he just got it torn away from him. So he talked about just how challenging that was and how he still had the drive, still had that comp 
the compete level in him. Um, so yeah, uh, he's training to be on the NASCAR pit, pit crew for track house racing. If you're familiar with NASCAR, it's the team that Ross Chastain is on as well as Daniel Suarez. Uh, if you're not into NASCAR, that team's owned by Pitbull. Um, so that's pretty cool. And also part-time drivers. If you're into the world of F1, Kimi Raikkonen also drives for them on road courses. So pretty cool team. Um, you've probably seen, uh, if you're not in the NASCAR sphere, you've probably seen, uh, the fight this weekend, uh, that might have, that may have ventured into your social media feed, but, uh, Ross Chastain punched another driver in the, in the face after a race. So that was pretty exciting. So yeah, yeah. If you think, just think of that guy, uh, that's who, uh, journey Brown is going to be changing the tires for. So, uh, that's, that's journey Brown. And then Navarro Bowman got hired as a defensive analyst at, at Mar- university of Maryland for the Terrapins right down the road. Uh, obviously a Penn State football rival, but Navarro's from, he's from Maryland. And when you're trying to get into coaching, you got to take your first job or the job you think best fits you. Uh, wish him nothing but the best. Get in as a defensive analyst. Maybe he gets, maybe he comes to Penn State next year as a linebackers coach or, uh, excuse me, maybe he's a defensive analyst for Penn State before transitioning into linebackers coach. So, uh, played for Penn State from 2006 to 2009. Obviously, a 2008 Big Ten champ in San Francisco. Uh, got drafted by them in the third round of the 2010 draft. Was with them. Was with the 49ers in 2010 to 2017. Finished up his career in Oakland also in 2017. Uh, but four-time first-team All-Pro in the NFL. Really successful career. 14 sacks, a defensive touchdown, five interceptions, nine forced fumbles. So pretty solid outside linebacker. And now he's getting into the coaching world, which. Got to be excited for that. And then lastly, uh, Penn State in the postseason, as as I mentioned earlier, we've got three teams that I've that I've been kind of following on Twitter. Uh, women's softball is the first to, to kick off their postseason. Uh, they're in the Big Ten tournament. Um, they're going to start actually May 10th. So if you're listening to this on the morning of May 10th, uh, they're going to be uh, make plans to watch this at 1.30. Uh, they're the number seven seed and they'll be taking on the number 10 seed Michigan. The winner of that will play Indiana, which is the number two seed the next day, May 11th at 1.30 PM. Both of those games and the whole big 10 women's softball tournament will be on the big 10 network. So uh, follow on Twitter. If you can't, you know, if you're working, but 1.30 PM tomorrow, which is Wednesday. So that would be today. If you're listening to it, um, women's lacrosse, uh, they made the NCAA tournament as a 29-team tournament, which is a pretty odd number. The top three seeds get an automatic buy. Penn State was not one of the top three seeds, but they will be facing off May 12th at 5 p.m. versus Stony Brook on ESPN+. Plus. Neither teams are seeded. Uh, the winner of that game will face Loyola, the winner of Loyola, Maryland, who is the number eight seed versus Fairfield. On May 14th, the entire women's lacrosse tournament will be on ESPN plus that's coming to you this weekend. Also coming to you this weekend is the men's lacrosse tournament, Penn state men's made men's team made the NCAA tournament as the five seed. They will be playing Princeton May 14th, which is Friday, I believe uh, at 7 30 PM. That is on ESPNU or ESPN plus, uh, excuse me, May 14th is Sunday. So Sunday on ESPNU or ESPN Plus versus Princeton. The winner of that game, uh, Princeton does not have a seat. So 5C versus unseated Princeton. Uh, should they advance there, 
Uh, they will play Maryland versus Army, the winner of that game. Maryland is the number four seed, and Maryland is in the Big Ten for lacrosse as well, and Penn State was 0-1 against them this year. Um, but they could eventually their loss in the NCAA tournament, and that's where it matters. And lastly, uh, it just wrapped up this past weekend. I want to congratulate the men's volleyball tournament, the men's volleyball team, uh, finishing in losing in the final four of the men's volleyball tournament versus Hawaii. Pretty pretty resilient team. They were down 2-0, uh, two sets to nothing in the in the semifinal match. Rallied, won the third and fourth set to tie it up to send it to a fifth set. Uh, if you're not familiar with volleyball scoring, first four sets go to 25. So you have to win 25 points to win the set by two. Uh, but the fifth set's only to 15. Uh, unfortunately, the rally fell short. They did not reverse sweep them uh, to win the final three sets. So they lost 10 to 15 to 10 uh, in the semifinals uh, this past weekend. But finished third slash fourth in the country in the men's volleyball tournament, a team that I don't think was really supposed to be that good this year. So uh, congratulations to them. Uh, on a on a well on a big deep run into the postseason for that and good luck to the other three teams uh in their postseasons coming up this week and with that we're gonna i'm gonna wrap up for this week i rambled probably way too long if you're still listening to this can't appreciate you guys enough if you haven't followed us on twitter follow us at lashing out pod uh lashing spelled like the football facility l-a-s-c-h-i-n-g out pod Follow us at Nittany SN for the uh, media outlets, Twitter page, NittanySportsNow.com. If you're listening on Spotify, rate, review, download, Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you're listening to us, please rate us, download us, like us, subscribe, and tell your friends. Um, We'll be back next week with Jared, and hopefully uh, you won't have to listen to me ramble for 25 minutes straight. So thank you all. See you next week. This has been Kevin Quigley for the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nippy Sports Now Network.